your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I'm excited that you're joining our show today because you have now officially entered your hour of Thrive Time. And let me just say today we are celebrating today Father's Day here in the U.S. this Father's Day 2022. So all of you dads out there, let me give you a shout out. Enjoy this day or whenever you hear this program and all of our other stations, you know what? It doesn't actually have to fall on today, this Father's Day 2022. You may catch this program six months from now. And if you're a dad, you're going to appreciate the content today. But happy Father's Day to whenever you eventually hear this particular episode. You're doing a great job, and we're going to talk about that today. But I'm excited about the content we're going to deliver because the guests that we have lined up are incredible people with incredible messages that are going to inspire you, impact you, influence you, and hopefully instruct you uh, to have an improvement in your life. And especially today, the topic we're going to talk about, which is how do you become a better dad and how do you sharpen up those skills so that you pass on knowledge and wisdom to those that are watching you as they're growing up. So today's show is going to be fantastic. And if you're visiting our show for the very first time, I want you to know you've arrived at the right place at the right time for the right reasons to get the right results. And I thank you for joining us today. And if you've not had an opportunity to look at our program, our uh, prior episodes, then you can visit me at thejmamietalkshow.com. There you'll have a link to all of my prior uh, library of episodes. Uh, And if you're visiting the show again for another look, another here, thank you for giving us another shot. Hopefully we impressed you the first time around that you're back for some more. And I got to tell you something, guys, I'm looking forward to our upcoming 100th episode anniversary. It's coming up in two weeks. I've got some special goodies lined up that I think will not only give you the the encouragement and the inspiration, but more importantly, it'll give you the indication as to why the show has had the success that it's had now coming up to a hundred episodes. And we've got no end in sight as we continue to grow our reach locally, nationally, and globally. So thank you for being a part of this journey for these last two years. But I want to shout out today. As we're looking at Father's Day, to those that are not only a, a, a dad where you are now the, the one that is raising children, or maybe you've had an opportunity to raise children already, or, or you're, you're not there yet, but you're looking forward to it, we're going to dedicate this show to you. And, and it's not just for dads, it's for moms, it's for anyone that plays a major role in the development of another person. And I can't think of anybody better to join me on this initial segment than my, my Thrive Jive co-host, Chris Harris, who is the CEO and founder of Motivational Pros. He's become a, a regular here on our Thrive Jive, and we've got him on the line to share some thoughts about fatherhood, Chris, welcome back, and happy Father's Day. I love Father's Day, Jay. I'm excited to be here. Chris, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts when you think about this special day? I mean, every day is Father's Day. We don't, we're not off the hook 364 days out of the rest of the year. <laughs> but today's a special day, and why, why does it have special meaning for you as, as we look at what this day means for most men? Well, I, th- I think, you know, when we look back on our lives as adults, as, as, as men especially, um, because that's a perspective I can speak to, but, you know, when we look back and we think about the people who've impacted our lives the most, who have influenced us the most, 
um, for the most part, it's fathers um, or it's father people who played the role of a father. Maybe they weren't our biological father, but they were role models in the sense that they we saw them as a father figure. And this is just such a special time because, I mean, those are usually the people who impacted our lives the most. One of the things that I remember, Chris, about my uh, my father growing up is uh, most people know if they're listening to the show for quite some time or if they're listening today for the first time, I am a product of adoption. I have a twin brother. We were both adopted by uh by a Puerto Rican family in the late 60s in Spanish Harlem. My father had, uh, and, my, and my father and mother rather had meager means. My father worked three jobs. My mom had to stay home, and he had to pick up a fourth wow. part-time gig just to be able to raise two twins and an older sister. But the one thing I remember about him that's the best example of, of fatherhood uh, that I, I, I implore today is he was steadfast, Chris. This, this man got up every day. Without complaint, we knew that that he was out of the house by seven o'clock, and he worked till he got home. And he sat down and he had dinner, and then he would chat with us, and we would watch wrestling. He he was a big fan of of WWF, and we would always watch wrestling Mondays and Thursday nights. He was steadfast. He was a committed individual, and he was consistent. And I I, I try to live that life, and I believe I I've done a good job in showing my kids that part of being a father is making sure that you are steadfast in your behavior, in your attitude, in your temperament, in your belief, in your work ethic. You've got you have to be steadfast. You can't be erratic from one day to the next because I don't think kids respond well to irregularities, especially when they see it at home with their parents, but specifically their dads. So I, I try to implore that and, and be consistent and be congruent with my messaging every single day. And I know but your your story's a little bit different. Well, let, let let me say this at the end of at the end of my day, whenever that day is, I would love to know that my kids viewed me, described me, articulated me as a father as being steadfast and consistent. Mm. What an honor that would be! Mm-hmm. Out of all the things I could think I would want to be called or remembered by or as, steadfast and consistent. What a blessing that would be for a father. I, and I think that is a trait that can be carried on from generation to generation. Uh, being a person that that is reliable is has a congruency to their temperament and to their messaging and they're not going to ever get out of line so we all screw up right we all kind of get out of line every now and then because no one's perfect but by and by far and large it would be only on the off times that we're off is not the usual thing but i i was raised by a dad chris i know you weren't so how can you speak to what? What can you say to to those that are listening to this show and saying, "Listen, I, I didn't have a dad growing up," because um, you've done well for yourself without a dad. What What do you say to those that are listening who might be in a similar situation? Well, I think one of our superpowers is our ability to choose our perspective. I've said this before on other episodes. We all have our ability, the ability to choose the perspective that we want, regardless of our circumstances. And we all have another superpower, which is our ability to let things go. So, you know, the perspective that I chose is is one that, uh, you know, my childhood made me stronger. It made me a better father. It made me a better husband. You know, you, you got two men, you know, and one whose life is an absolute mess and one whose life is just wonderful and, and filled with success and joy. And you ask the first one whose life is a mess, 
you know, addictions, in and out of jail, financial problems, can't can't keep a relationship. And you ask them, why did your life turn out this way? And they say, well, that's easy. I grew up without a father. And then you ask the man who's had a, just a tremendously successful life, how did your life end up so successful? And he said, that's easy. I grew up without a father. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's perspective. And I'm I'm very grateful, uh, you know, for the childhood that I had, and 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 where where there was the absence of a father, there was the presence of mentors and coaches and friends, and and I I gravitated toward anyone that I thought could offer something to my upbringing, my childhood. I sought them out. You know, they say the evidence of desire is pursuit. If there's someone around you who has something that you a quality, um, a skill that you want. The evidence of desire is pursuit. Pursue them with passion. Let them know, I want this quality that you have. And, and surround yourself with those friends and mentors and coaches. They can fill a lot of voids. They can make up for a lot of discrepancies and gaps. And, and choose your perspective. Look, um, I, I think it's terrible if, if, you have to, if you've got to go through your life being raised without a father or a father figure. I think that's terrible. But you know what? Don't let it be a crutch. Don't let it be an excuse. No self-pity allowed. You know, what you said there is so key. Father figure. You may not have had in your life a physical fatherhead or someone that that is your natural-born father, but it doesn't mean that you could not have been raised by someone who was a father figure. In fact, I was chatting with a gentleman yesterday on one of my other shows very successful individual in Jamaica, very successful, just won a major award there. And he said, hey, my, my my father was a great man, but we moved out of Jamaica early on when he was a young child. So he was actually raised by his uncle. And he said, my uncle became my father figure. And he's the one that played a major role in the developmental experiences that that this gentleman had who's now is in his he's in his 60s now but he's had a great career so you might be absent of a father but don't be absent of a father figure in your life because there's plenty of guys out there chris right like you and i plenty of guys out there who are willing to mentor coach and become father figures to others if they do as you just said pursue it right the evidence of desire is pursuit yeah, there, there's a there's a in the last couple of minutes here, Chris. There's a great story of of a, a young man who was by the side of the road, and he was seen trying to pick up a rock. And an an old guy who's standing next to him, watching him, watching him, says to the guy, to the young kid, he says, "Um, what's wrong, son?" He says, uh, "The son says I'm trying to pick up this rock, but it's too too heavy." And the kid, and the man says to the young kid, "Are you using all of your strength?" And the little boy says, "Yeah, I'm using all of my strength." And the father, the guy standing next to him says, no, you're not. And the boy says, I am. How do you know? You're not in my body. He says, I know you're not using all of your strength because you haven't yet asked me for help. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. Right? And that's what it's about. That is if you want. Right? It's about being able to reach out to those who are willing to become that father figure for you. And if you are one that has that, that is equipped, because not everyone's equipped to be a father figure, but if you're equipped to be one, Reach out to someone who is in need of one and become that father figure for them. And you'll find out that when you celebrate Father's Day moving forward, they'll have a, a special meaning for you. Yeah, and, and, and let, let me end my portion of this beautiful segment by saying this. Um, you know, if you grew up without a father, 
then you really have no excuses for not throwing down the rope. Mm. Mm. That's exactly right, brother. That's exactly right. Chris, I appreciate you being our opening segment for this wonderful Sunday, Thrive Jive. It's focusing on father. You know, you, you've done a wonderful job raising your kids. Your kids are stellar. And uh, as many of our listeners uh, are also, and there's something to be said about the journey that you've uh, you've embraced, and you still are in the journey, brother. I know you still got a long way to go. Your next step is granddad. <laughs> well, that's down the road, brother. That's down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, down the road, down the road. <laughs> well, listen, appreciate you, Chris, being on the show. Till next month, man. We're gonna catch you back here on Thrive Jive. Talk to you soon. All right, folks. We're gonna come back with our next couple of sections, and we're gonna have a chat with the legendary, iconic David Meltzer. He's going to share his thoughts. And then Luke Harlan is going to join us to continue the conversation about how do you effectively create the environment of fatherhood when you are running a busy life as an executive. He's got a great message. He's one of the fastest rising mindset performance coaches globally, and we're fortunate to have him. We're going to chat with his champions right after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Hey guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Hey, everyone. This is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejmaney.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now, I mentioned earlier, we were going to kick off today's show with power and and really a whole lot of value and content coming from one, one and only David Melcher. David is not only the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, but he's also a three-time international best-selling author. He is one of the top 100 business coaches, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and the host of the Top Entrepreneur podcast, the playbook and his newest book hit number one game time decision making. We're going to speak to him about that as well. But what most people don't know is that David was recognized by variety magazine as their sports humanitarian of the year and awarded the Ellis Island medal of honor. We're excited to have David on the show. David, welcome to the Jay Mamie talk show, brother. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Dave, Dave, we're going to dive into all the goodness that you've got to share, but I wanted to kick off the show with your your initiative to empower 1 billion people. You have an initiative to empower 1 billion people to be happy. 
Now, is that part of your global imprint that you hope to, to leave behind? And, and why is this so near and dear to you? Yeah, so number one, don't limit me. It's going to be over. <laughs> you got it. I'm very, very energetic in my purpose uh, of not uh, limiting me. In fact, I think the only thing that's going to die in my journey, my lifetime, will be limitations. Mm. Uh, and we put them on ourselves so often. Uh, but, yeah, it's very important to me what uh, through my own journey of living in three different worlds that uh, are so pertinent today with so many people taking their own lives because mm. of anxiety, depression, and fear. Mm. So many people living in anxiety, depression, and fear, contemplating taking their own lives, and some people not contemplating taking their own lives, but maybe even contemplating taking other people's lives because of depression, anxiety, and fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my life, uh, there's three different worlds. One, a world of not enough. It was a world that I grew up in. It's a victim's world of not having enough. Why me? You know, and then moving uh, as I became a multimillionaire in my 20s to a world that I called just enough, which is much more perplexing than the world of not enough. The world of just enough is buying things to be happy, buying things you don't need to be happy, buying things to impress people you don't like to be happy. Mm. Um, and a lot of that uh, is attributed now today to social media and creating false idols, false objectives in our lives that create an unrealistic uh, uh, perception of happiness. And my objective is through teaching values as well as daily practices, pragmatic things that you can do to help people make a lot of money, live in abundance in a world of more than enough, not a zero-sum game. So when you're making a lot, nobody else is losing anything. You're mm -hmm. adding to. Uh, it's a value-add game, not a zero-sum game, to help a lot of people, once again, adding value and, of course, having a lot of fun. And so that's why I worked within the context of the sports and entertainment world. I create content, uh, TV shows, movies, podcasts, books, speaking, coaching. All of these things uh, are motivated by empowering a thousand people like you, Jay, that have the ability to empower a thousand more people to empower a thousand more people. And through this empowerment exponential chain of aggregation and compound interest, mm -hmm. a thousand times thousands of million and a million times of thousands of billion, you and I together can create a collective consciousness of a bunch of abundant people, not living in a world of not enough as victims, not living in a world of just enough, buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like, but a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, a collective consciousness that will change the world. You know, I like when you mention collective consciousness because I think that today that is something that, uh, if you're not careful with, can go the other way. Isn't that true? Uh, you, you can have a collective consciousness of poverty, of negativity, of, of victimhood, and, and boy, that can grab a hold of the planet. And, uh, and I think that what you're doing right now, and I, I love the duplication aspect that you're adding to it, uh, you know, a thousand to empower a thousand. That's awesome, brother. But I think that's the only remedy to the flip side of this collective consciousness that can go uh, so wrong so quickly. So I appreciate what you're doing, and, and that's that's what caught my attention above all, David. When I I, I listen to your podcast and I, I check your videos out on uh, on on Facebook stories. I mean, you're you're all over the place, but this this helping over a billion people to be happy is what resonated with me the most. But I I want to switch gears here a little bit and talk about confirmation biases and and in your observations. And you deal with thousands and, and thousands of people daily. 
and you have for a long time. What are your thoughts on on confirmation biases that that you find people to people continue to reinforce either for the better or for the worse? Well, the confirmation biases that I see are that we uh, are fooled by appreciating the similarities instead of appreciating the differences. We are looking for what other people want, what we're missing or what we don't want, instead of utilizing the mathematical equation of luck. If we pay attention to, focus in on, plus give intention to, which is an aggregate of what we think, say, do, believe, and even feel, And if we take what we pay attention to and add it to what we give intention to, it'll create the coincidences in our lives. It's the Mm. mathematical equation of luck. And so many people in this confirmation bias are searching for what other people want. They're searching for what's missing, and they're searching for what they don't want. And when what other people want, what's missing, and what they don't want come into their lives, They get resentful, offended, anxious, frustrated, and depressed. They create separation between them and the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves them more than even their mom loves them. And I think that cornerstone of faith, non-religious, non-spiritual, non-philosophical, just simply believing there's something bigger than you Mm -hmm. that loves you more than your mom loves you creates a different dynamic of abundance in your life. You know, I I think that's a mic drop because I I, I – preach that and teach that often. And one of the challenges is that if you don't really believe that there is a greater source of love that that wants the best for you, then you're always going to find the negative things that happen in your life and highlight that and use that as the crutch. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think another way to put what you teach people is that if you believe that there's something bigger than you that loves you more than your mom loves you, then you can believe that you already are happy, healthy, wealthy, mm-hmm. worthy. Now you just have to figure out what you're doing to interfere with it instead of going to get happy, going to get healthy, going to get wealthy, going to get worthy. We're not in search of something we already have. We're not in search of our why. We actually can apply our why to clear the interference between us and what we already are. Brilliant. And stop looking for the evidences of things that prove that you're no good and start realizing and acknowledging the evidences that you are good. I think that's a switch. That's a mental switch or perceptive switch that that people need to go through. But I want to talk about entrepreneurism because you are an uber entrepreneur, right? Um, And and the fact that success takes stamina, right? If you're going to be successful – it's going to take stamina. What should an entrepreneur, in your in your wisdom and your experience, what should an entrepreneur be examining and asking of themselves to determine if they can go the distance? Well, I think there's five things. Mm-hmm. One, there's five questions that we have to ask every day. And the first is, what do I want? I think a lot of entrepreneurs are not looking at what they want personally, what they want experientially, what they want to give, and what they want to receive. And I think because they get misaligned with their own values of what they want, they create separation voids, anxieties, they create resistance, shortages in their lives that create complicated uh, business uh, situations. And so, um, you know, beyond that, the second question is, who can I help with what I want and who can help me? More importantly, mm. they're afraid to ask for help. 
The third one is how am I going to get this done? Productivity, accessibility, and gratitude. Activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for, and my sleep, which represents recovery and access, which is a third of our lives. The most challenging and frustrating thing in my life is that the majority of people on earth, they literally go to sleep every night to wake up more tired than they went to bed. That'd be like you and I going out to dinner and leaving dinner more hungry than when we started. Doesn't make sense. So knowing your what, your who, and your how then allows the most important question is what should I do now, today? By prioritizing what's important to us, knowing the what, the who, and the how, we know what's important. Using urgency as a subset, we then can prioritize prioritization is the antidote to the biggest hurdle obstacle and void of entrepreneurs which is called procrastination Mm -hmm. or the the feeling of being overwhelmed if you are prioritizing correctly by what's important to you the what the who and the how you will never be overwhelmed and you always will have something to do 100 percent of the things you do now get done passionate purposeful and profitable people get stuff done especially entrepreneurs and then finally the fifth question to ask myself is how am i going to apply my why identifying those needs of the ego the need to be right offended separate inferior superior anxious frustrated angry guilty resentful all of those different things worried that resist what we already are so if we ask ourselves, how am I going to apply my why today with the what, the who, the how, and the now, I will expand, grow, and accelerate. I will compound my good behavior, aggregate it into an exponential accelerated growth that will allow me to evolve into a bigger, brighter company that makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people, and has a lot of fun. You know, uh, one of the things I appreciate about my guest, my uh, David, is that the mic drops. Right. There's always a show where there's just ongoing mic drops that I can close out the show and say, we're done. This is it, guys. See you next week. (laughs) You just gave us the mic drops, brother. I mean, I could literally close out the show right now because what you just said there, man, is so full of goodness that I I know our listeners are going to appreciate that, especially what you said towards the end. I want to capitalize on what you said towards the end. You said uh, my why. Right. You've got to know your why. But the application of my why. and, And I know that. You could know your why, but if your application and implementation is way off course, you'll be more frustrated because you're nowhere closer to the realization of your goals and dreams, not because you didn't have a why, but because your plan was way off course. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. What happens is if we delve into those ego-based consciousness, for example, how many of us have had an argument with the most important people in our lives, like our spouses, over the need to be right? Or how many of us have Mm -hmm. wasted the duplicative energy of being worried? You know, I tell a story about when I was in law school. I was so worried when I took estate planning that they would have the rules of perpetuity on my final. Guess what the first question on my final was? <laughs> and then I took the bar. I took the bar. Same exact thing. Here's the funny thing. When I was 50 years old, almost 30 years after I graduated law school, I wanted to prove a point to myself without the resistance of worry. I wanted to see how long it would have taken me to learn the rules of perpetuity because I never learned it. I just wasted 15 to 30 hours worrying about it. So I was not only resisting it, but I manifested it to be on my test. Mm -hmm. It took me 15 minutes. 
And I, I wasn't even in law school. It took me 15 minutes to learn the rules of perpetuity without the resistance. So when we apply our why, instead of accelerating in the wrong direction with worry, anxiety, frustration, the need to be right, offended, or guilty, we simply stop, breathe, remind, remember, and recollect what we want, who we can help, who can help us, how to get it done, prioritizing what's important and applying our why. I love it. I love it. David, you said earlier on in our interview, you referred back to your childhood. And what I gleaned from that is that it was a difficult childhood. And I related to that because I grew up in Spanish Harlem, a place called the Barrio, New York City. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been uh, vacationed there, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> right. So I grew up in Spanish Harlem. Meager means a product of adoption. Me, my twin brother. And uh, we just didn't have much, the, the coolest clothes. We didn't have any of that. You know, we just got enough. My father worked four jobs, uh, you know, part-time, two full-time, two part-time. My mother was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, we, we didn't have anything. But, boy, that fueled in, in me and my brother this desire to to be somebody and to go somewhere and to break that chain of poverty and stop this generational uh, a curse of not being able to have more. That really instilled this fuel in me. Is that what drove you early on? to fight for who you are today. Absolutely. And I just had to re-engineer my relationship with money because I grew up with a single mom, six kids. She packed mm. my dinner paper bag just so I could eat, filling up turnstiles after she taught second grade at convenience stores with greeting cards. And the only time, and you'll appreciate this because you grew up poor, and I tell people all the time when I speak around the world, who here grew up poor? Half the audience raises their hand. I said, oh, I feel sorry for the rest of us because <laughs> uh, I can't teach you what I learned. Right. What I learned was, man, was I happy as a kid. And the only time I wasn't happy is when the dishwasher broke, the car broke, or my mom couldn't afford summer camp or some sort of education that she wanted to give us. And I caught her crying. It broke my heart. And so, you know, understanding that drive. And what I tell everyone is, you know, I have one of the top podcasts in the world with right. millionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers. I ran the most notable sports agency in the world. And people ask me, what's the common denominator between all these people, all these billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers? And I simply tell them they have the desire that they must be what they can be. Mm -hmm. And that's what being poor taught me to have the desire that I must be what I can be. I had an added advantage to learn that desire that I must be what I can be, to be and enjoy, regardless what I have, the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of my own potential, not what other people want from me, what's missing or I don't want, simply my own potential, my own truth, built within an energetic and genetic inheritance of my higher self. And that has driven me since I was five years old and my dad left and I was raised by this wonderful, beautiful, single mom who taught me the desire that I must be what I can be. You know, I, I got to tell you something. I think that most folks who, who go through an experience like, like you and I have, uh, if they don't embrace that that really that wonderful experience, even though while you're going through, you're like, oh, man, this is rough. But when you look back, that's what molds us and shapes us today as hungry beasts who are driven to do something special and leave that imprint when we're long gone. In our last minute here, David, I, you mentioned the folks that you, you've worked with. And you're, you're right, your podcast is number one and you've got amazing people on here. But what's the one main principle or discipline that you want every business owner, CEO, startup, or thrive-minded entrepreneur to walk away with after reading your recent number one bestseller book, Game Time Decision Making? 
you know, what I want people to know is the common denominator of happiness. There's only one common denominator of happiness, the ability to make money, help people, and have fun. No matter how tall you are, short you are, what religion, philosophy, or, or beliefs you have, no matter, uh, you know, if you're sick or healthy or you're wealthy or, or poor, one common denominator I want you to take away, and believe it or not, it's gratitude. Gratitude is the common denominator of happiness. Gratitude is the common denominator of abundance. The ability to find the light the love and the lessons in everyone, every situation, and every experience to find the light, the love, and the lessons and determine, is it worth my time to continue to find it or to search for it? Because it exists in everything and everyone, but I live in a 24-hour man-made construct of time. Activity I get paid for, activity I don't get paid for, and my sleep. Activity I planned, activity I don't have planned, and my sleep. Through these lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, we can find the light, the love, and the lessons. We just have to determine through the what, the who, the how, and the now if it's worth our time to apply our why to it. And that's what I want people to learn. I am happy, by the way, to send any one of your listeners. Just email me, david at com. Any one of your listeners can reach out to me. I will sign a book send it to them, pay for the shipping and the book. I will send the five daily questions, the five daily practices. I am of service and of value to try to empower people, to empower others, to be happy with these values and daily practices. Incredible, David. We appreciate that offer. We're going to also post that up on our website so that folks can track you down and pick up the book. You know, hey, listen, David, you've got me in your corner to reach that over a billion people. You can count on us at the Jay Mamie Talk Show to help you do that. We're going to be catalysts for that. And you've got to promise me, brother, that when you get close to two billion, you'll come back on the show. <laughs> I'll come on before that, and I appreciate you empowering so many people yourselves. And please, everyone, remember be kind to your future self, do good deeds. Share my content and do those deeds. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave, for being on the show. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey, guys, your website sucks. At least dealing with it probably does. And your website is the center of your marketing universe. So that's really not good. Your website lives in the weird world of the geek, which is a realm that is almost inaccessible to normal humans like yourself. Since 2004, your web guys have been bridging the gap between small business owners and their web presence. Because at your web guys, we will build your website so you can build your business. Here's the deal. We will go over 268 checkpoints on your website, which will tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. Go to WebsiteHealthCheck.net to get this great value. Hi, this is Lynn Ellis with EcoFriends Organic Pest Control. Everyone wants to be healthy and is making tremendous efforts to be healthy and stay healthy through their diet, their cleaning products, lifestyle. But if you use any other type of pest control besides a green organic pest control, you have just undone everything you did. Visit us at ecofriendspestcontrol.com. That's ecofriends.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie. On the heels of a fantastic episode with David Melser, 
comes yet another incredible individual. As I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, this guy is one of the rising stars, one of the rising voices in the world of transformational mindset coaching. Uh, he popped on my radar not too long ago. And, you know, one of these one of the things about social media is that you can quickly become a fan of someone or a follower of someone if they have good content, if they've got a good message, they're easy to follow. And today we live in a world where there is no shortage of individuals who are coaches per se. Um, But I find that when you have a message that is pretty distinct and unique, uh, it it merits having that person on the show. And that's why Luke Harlan is with us today. And he's going to chat with us to uh, continuing the conversation, the continuing chatter about how do you experience fatherhood in the midst of of being a high-performance uh, uh, individual, high executive, running a business, pursuing your own goals. How do you do that? So to continue that conversation, Luke Harlan is joining us. Luke, welcome to the Jay Made Me Talk show. Oh, much appreciated. Thanks, Jay, for that amazing introduction. Thank you, my friend. Luke, before we dive into the goodness of what you've got and all the wisdom you're going to share, I'd like for you to take a minute or two just to get our listeners up to speed with your story. Okay, sure. Um, it's one of the things that I, you know, the story is tried and true. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I'm a dad, I'm a father of two teen boys, and it's just a single dad right now. And uh, working, you know, doing the things I did, I was before into transformational mindset coaching. I was in um, digital marketing and strategic consulting. And the, the short version is that, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, helping people, but most of my business was just helping um, you know, businesses acquire more money, top line revenue. And when I really looked uh, at my business, I really helped, you know, help transform um, the leaders, the mm-hmm. uh, the owners, the entrepreneurs, those sort of people. And I realized there was this chasm between those who hit home runs and those who hit uh, singles and doubles. Um, and I really was curious, why was that? And it reflected a lot of my own life where I was kind of missing the home runs. And I went and did some deep reflection of how I think, what were the habits, what were some of the behaviors that I was doing to not hit the home runs. And I just uncovered uh, so much about how our brain works and our mind works. And then it made me look in the mirror and uh, really become accountable to what are those habits, behaviors, and traits that I would need to have to you know, be the best. And then in all of this, I realized that I was being watched. I was being observed by my kids. My behavior was being replicated. And if I wanted to make a change uh, in my life for my kids to the better, I had to change. Uh, and that was the impetus for really, you know, turning the corner of uh, focusing on uh, how I was acting and not just what I was saying and really bridging that gap um, in, in, in intentional action with my beliefs and behaviors. So it could be replicated uh, not only in my business for success, uh, but passed on to my clients for real transformation and also witnessed by my kids who could I identify with what it meant uh, to be led in the path that I was hoping to achieve for them. You know, that's one of the things we spoke about earlier, Luke, how fathers become the primary role model for their kids. I mean, obviously parents, mom and dad do too, but today's Father's Day, so we're focusing on dads. What what would you say uh, as a dad, in in your opinion, in the work that you've done and and the coaching that you do, uh, what would you say are the most important character traits that a father should um, exhibit so that their kids can role model that to their own future benefit. I, the first one comes to mind was uh, from the you know the four agreements, which is just you know have integrity with your word. Um, um, you know, mm-hmm. kids. 
listen, but they watch more, they observe more. And a lot of times they're observing in silence. You're not realizing that they're, they're picking up everything, um, you know, with the big antennas and, and, and their ears. Um, so it's not so much what you say, it's what you do. But if you're saying one thing and doing something different, you're, you're sending a mixed message and they're modeling that behavior. So the first thing is just whatever you say, don't be a paper tiger, you know, execute on, you know, that belief on that, uh, on that particular behavior or whatever, um, that core value that you have, um, that you want to hold up is just, is have integrity with your word because at the end of the day, that's all we really have is our ability to make that promise through action from what we say we're going to do and to, to deliver on it. And that affects every avenue of life, whether it's participating in sports, being in business, being in relationships, being part of a community, is it's not lip service, it's execution. And if they see that modeled, um, then it's something that they can um, you know, just repeat uh, as it becomes their own. One of the areas that I think that most kids will appreciate is the consistency that they see in their fathers, right? Consistency in their temperament, consistency in their actions. Every now and then you can go off the rails because we're all human and and we've done that. But by by more often than not, it's the consistency. What would be a trait that you would say uh, a father can exhibit that is also complementary to the way that they treat their uh, colleagues, coworkers, employees, you know, at that executive level, because there is a, a comparison that can be made between the way that you behave and the way that you live your life at home and the way you live your life in the corporate world, in the work world. What would you say are those overlapping traits that serve both, uh, both environments? I would say it's a combination of three things. It's self-esteem, empathy, and confidence. Um, one thing that I pass on to my kids as best I can is, is to love themselves, is to be confident in themselves, mm. not cocky, um, mm-hmm. but value the That's curiosity and to, be a, to be a learner. Uh, but be empathetic to themselves and to others to realize that everyone's on a different timeline. Everyone comes uh, together with a different skill set or different baggage and to – to be the observer, and it's really hard when your child is younger because they don't. A lot of times, they don't have the you know neurological capacity um, to think outside themselves. They're very egocentric, and that's just you know the way the brain develops over time. But it is just to be um, you know empathetic to themselves, to give themselves some grace and space uh, as they're learning and stumbling and skinning their knees, but to recognize other people are doing that too in all all areas of life. And to meet people, and this is more so as you mature, especially in the work world or having employees or having partners um, or colleagues, is recognize that we're all human beings first, and then we're practitioners of skill sets within an environment to achieve an objective in the workforce. And if we treat them as human first, we meet them where they are. Where are they in their lives so we can approach them from a uh, perspective and vantage point to help them? Um, or to invite them in to share with us how we can help them better. So we're speaking the language that they're going to get to encourage them to be their best self or contribute to the team, the environment, the office, et cetera. And I think that's the overall, um, you know, pragmatic nature of it is, is having that healthy self-esteem on your core values, having the confidence to execute, and then having the empathy to recognize where others are. Um, so you can uh, communicate, like, again, in the language that they're receptive to instead of being defensive or overconfident. I love it. That's an absolute knowledge bomb right there. And I, I'm hoping that our listeners uh, took mental notes of that. We don't want them taking notes while they're driving, but certainly mental notes, because what you just said there is a mouthful. But I, I want to pivot a little bit into your area of expertise as well, because you help mm-hmm. people 
Uh, you, you empower professionals that are feeling stuck, uh, unfulfilled, and, and they want more, right? But they've got, yeah, they're, they're absolutely. dealing with what I call head trash. So whether you're a father, an executive, anyone, an academic or an athlete, if you're struggling with this feeling of being stuck and unfulfilled and wanting more, how do you do that? And what are the areas where you really dive into that helps individuals get past this sticking point? No, it's a great question. I think for uh, asking it. it, it's one thing to we got to reel it back a little bit and understand that you know mindset is our fundamental operating system that we apply to everything in life. And once people understand that and understand that mindset is simply a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world mm-hmm. and yourself. It influences mm-hmm. you know how we think, how we feel, and how we behave in any given situation. Um, so what I empower my clients with is to then, you know, break that down and take them through some necessary shifts in their thinking in that operating system uh, so they can operate from a framework of self-awareness, accountability, um, verifying, validating the beliefs that still serve them, uh, having an aligned vision and taking intentional action so they can achieve those goals with absolute clarity of purpose and direction. Um, Because to create that real transformation um, and that confidence to create their best life in whatever they focus on, it's it's helping them understand how taking ownership of thinking of what they're thinking, how they're feeling, how they're making decisions, what actions they're taking and the results they're getting to pull them out of that loop if they're, they're continuing to operate in a place where they're not getting where they want to get. Um, and ultimately, especially for the professionals and entrepreneurs uh, and midlifers, is bridging that gap between especially as men is checking the success boxes that we're told, you know, this is what success looks like to actually having a a fulfillment with a purpose-driven life Mm -hmm. that provides that joy, passion, and happiness that I think we're all seeking so we can start making greater legacy and impact at the, you know, midpoint in our lives as opposed to just kind of checking the boxes. Um, So there's a framework which I take my clients through so then they can address any area of their life that comes at them, whether it's from work, whether it's from family, whether it's from community, it's faith or recreation. It doesn't really matter because we show up everywhere in our lives as ourselves. So if our cup's empty or we're not 100%, we can't give 100%. So it's really about rewiring that mindset to uh, to a position of strength and control where you can assert what kind of life you want uh, by taking certain measures and creating new habits and behaviors that'll get you there. Yeah, I like what you just said. It's rewiring the mindset because at the end of the day, uh, if your programming is such that it doesn't serve you, then as you would do with any computer, any uh, any instrument, uh, any technological instrument, you would just rewire. You would figure out a way to, to reprogram to get a better result, to get better performance. The same thing has to be, the same concept, the same approach has to be taken in your own uh, personal programming, right? You've got to rewire that stuff. Otherwise, the results are going to be the same. But you, you talk, right? You talk often about being plagued by fear. And, I mean, again, that can cross... Any border between work, career, entrepreneurial living, high executive performance, and being a father. Why is being plagued by fear such a major issue to overcome? Well, because it's rooted in in a lot of different things. There's, you know, we have fear of judgment. Uh, Mm -hmm. We fear of not being enough. I mean, Mm. we live in a permission-based society where if you think about it as a small child and then into the workforce, through schooling and into the workforce, you never advance unless someone else deems it to be so, passes you on to the next grade, gives you a certificate, a degree, uh, a performance review, a new title. So we live this permission-based life, 
and we're not taught to think for ourselves in a lot of ways or take advantage of our ability to go out and create the life we want. So we're, we're fearful um, because we don't think we're good enough on, on a lot of occasions. All this comes back to programming as well. The programming is essential. Most people don't realize that 95% of their decisions are based on subconscious beliefs that were installed, literally programmed into you as a child. Mm -hmm. You didn't decide on those. Mm -hmm. Your community, family, your parents, authoritarians, uh, your teachers, um, under the age of seven, you have no critical thinking skills. You haven't developed the neurological capacity yet. So what this is why you know kids believe in Santa Claus and everything else, because any adult figure or authority figure that tells them something, they believe it to be true. Now think about this. When you chastise your, your child and you say, oh, that, that, you know, you stink or that wasn't good enough, that is you're planting a seed that they don't have any context or critical thinking against. They believe it to be true, not that they were a bad person um, in that particular context of breaking the lamp or breaking a rule or doing something against what you told them to do, but they think that that's part of their identity. And that's embedded in their subconscious. Now, as adults, we can say, oh, that, that's silly. That doesn't matter. Yet our subconscious behaviors are dictating uh, things that come up to us, and we don't feel good enough because of that residual belief that we have to go in and get rid of. We have to challenge and choose a different belief, or we've got to verify and validate the ones that do serve us um, in the future for our adult goals. And so fear is that mechanism of safety, uh, and it's also rooted in our neurological behavior. We have this um, you know, uh, this part of our brain uh, that we, the amygdala, which mm -hmm. is from, you know, thousands of years ago, most people are aware of it, that it's that fight, flight, or freeze response. Mm -hmm. Our body does not want to make any sort of change. Our mindset from that, you know, caveman days, because change meant death. I mean, out of the routine meant you were uh, vulnerable uh, to the elements. That's not in present day, but we still have that primal um, brain that reacts, that caveman brain that reacts. So whenever we want to make a change, we want to do something good, we're filled with that trickster voice that justifies and creates reasons why we shouldn't do it. And part of that is fear. Part of that is, is, is that, hey, you know, hey, don't do this because this is outside our comfort zone, even though it's good for you. So it, it's going to sabotage you and sabotage your thoughts and tell you you don't need to do that. And part of that, it'll install fear and say, hey, what if you do this and fail? What if everyone laughs about you? What if you can't provide for your family? It's a lot of what ifs, which is, you know, future facing, um, which is something that creates anxiety. Uh, and then that obviously you know, causes uh, stagnation or hesitation or a freeze in your actual uh, execution or activity of what you need to do. So those are just some of the neurological sides of it from like how our brain is wired um, for, you know, from a historical component and as well as, you know, how our mindset works as far as our beliefs and those installed programming that we have to filter through and, again, verify and validate or challenge and choose new beliefs that are going to support what we want to do in the future by having, uh, you know, a, a stronger vision of who we want to become with the habits and traits that are going to get us there. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Luke, in our final two minutes, I know that you run a program called Mindset Freedom. In our last couple yes. of minutes, can you just share what that is? I know it's five steps to creating your best life. That's a fantastic program. Share with us a little bit about that and where could people track you down? Sure. And the program was developed specifically in a consumable manner. So you can take ownership of your controls, giving you exercises, giving you coaching that will allow you to take back control of how you think, act, feel, decide, and get the results you want. And we, I touched a little bit about the framework of self-awareness, accountability, validated beliefs, aligned vision, intentional action. Those are the core tenets of the mindset shifts. Uh, you can learn about that on my website at lukeharlancoaching.com. That's just my name, L-U-K-E, 
uh, Harlan, H-A-R-L-A-N, coaching.com, where I have a free 30-minute masterclass, which yeah. goes into what each one of those five shifts are and how it relates to you systematically matriculating through that uh, to get the results you want. It gives you the 30,000-foot view and dives a little bit deeper um, so people can really understand what transformational coaching is and what the mindset freedom freedom program does for them um so they can start uh enjoying a purpose-driven life and creating the one that they want folks i encourage you to take that free master class you can find it at lukeharlancoaching.com luke you've been a a gem of a guest uh i couldn't have found you at a better time and we couldn't have had you on on the show at a better time than now we're going to hear from you again next month because this is just the intro conversation folks we're going to hear from luke again next month we'll post that up on our website when he's back in the meantime luke appreciate you being on the show thanks jay thank you so much folks we'll be right back after the break are your sales lagging are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling hi this is jay mamie the host of the jay mamie talk show and the curator of the thrive sales mastery course i want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling go to my course the thrive sales mastery course get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want thrive sales mastery are you feeling stuck, unfulfilled, and wanting more? Frustrated you're not far enough along in your business, finance, relationships, or your health? My name is Luke Harlan, and I'm a transformational mindset coach helping people just like yourself confidently thrive in whatever area they focus on. And I invite you to attend my free master class where you'll learn how to master your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions to achieve the life you've always imagined. Simply go to LukeHarlanCoaching.com to register. That's LukeHarlanCoaching.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. What a fantastic program today has been, my friends. We had a chance to hear from three outstanding individuals who all shared a different perspective on what it means to not only be a father, but also to create a, an environment of a healthy, nutritional fatherhood uh, experience. And uh, I can't tell you guys how important it is when we have shows like this that you peel off what matters most to you. And what you can implement in your life immediately to, to improve not only your experience, but the experience of those around you, right? Because that's ultimately what it's about. It's about you getting better so that your environment gets better, so that those around you have a better experience, and everyone is all the better for it. And today's show hopefully delivered that kind of content to you. I want you to know that we've got many more programs coming up now in the next few weeks as we start to wrap up our our 100th, or we actually draw closer to our 100th episode. We've got fireworks being planned for that, my friends. So make sure that you share this episode, share the good news of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Let everyone know that there is true value here happening uh, on this station and whatever station you are listening to or if you're picking it up on our podcast uh, platforms, there is value on this show. And I think today we live in a time where there is so much negativity and so much happening around us that is discouraging, depressing and distressing that content like this could be the very thing that you need to lift your spirits and continue to move forward one more day in a way that is positive and certainly progressive and uh, and helping you get past the hump. I appreciate you being a part of the program. I appreciate listening to the show. And until next week, keep thriving.